Welcome to the Aviation Podcast. My name is Dave, a commercial pilot with a Group 1 IFR and a current CFI candidate. On today's episode, Transport Canada updates COVID exceptions for student pilots, places to fly here in Canada, interrupted checklist procedure contributed to the 2020 runway excursion in Dryden, Ontario, and let's talk a little bit about sun and fun. Stick around, great episode in store today for episode 7 of the Aviation Podcast. Let's hit it! What's going on, everybody? My name is Dave, and thanks again for tuning in to Episode 7 of the Aviation Podcast. We're almost into the double digits, so I appreciate anybody who is uh, listening and following along. What I do ask, uh, if anybody, I want to grow this podcast, and the only way we can do it is from the support of you guys and spreading the word. So if you could spread the word to one other person, that greatly helps me here at the Aviation Podcast. I really want to continue getting information out to fellow Canadian aviators or people who are interested in Canadian aviation uh, because it's a great community. It's a fantastic community. And I think that bringing us together, especially during these tough times is really important. So without further ado, Let's get into some information here and things going on. So the first thing that I wanted to get into for any student pilots, this is particularly important to you, is uh, Transport Canada updated some COVID exceptions. Uh, This was found on the copanational.org website. So if you do go there, uh, it's a great resource for anything that comes out transport related. They seem to be all over it. There's always some great news on the Copa National website. And also, if you aren't a member of Copa National, I'm no way affiliated with them. However, I I, I feel strongly about supporting our uh, an association and COPA National seems to fit the bill here in Canada. So COPA, C-O-P-A, national.org is their website and you can sign up to become a member there as well. But since the pandemic, uh, Transport Canada has adopted many of its regulations with the intention of supporting pilots, medical examiners, flight schools, etc., and everyone else Im- impacted with the various shutdowns. Uh, Transport Canada is currently working on renewing the following COVID-19 is exceptions, uh, which are set to expire between now and June 1st. So allowing candidates to write an examination with less than 50% or sorry, with 50% less experience. So if you're going for a private pilot's license and you know how you have to get through a certain amount of your ground training before you can write it. So that, that is changing. Same with your CPL. Uh, the, so the next one here is allow pilot examiner to conduct a CPL flight test with the candidate not having written the CPL written exam. Uh, so in certain situations, because it's difficult to get that CPL test written, uh, I know for me personally, I've, I've already put in for my CFI uh, written test. However, it could take me months before I ever even hear back from them. I haven't heard anything. It's been over a month now. So, so allowing you to do your CPL flight test without the written being completed. So that's nice. It also allows the candidates to complete a CPL flight test without having first written the C. Oh, that's the same thing that they just did. Sorry, I'm reading the same thing twice. Um, This uh, next one is extending the validity of any additional privileges given uh, past the usual 90 days until they receive a new license label. So I don't know if you guys, if you haven't got a license, so if you've got your PPL, you get your booklet, okay? 
Um, but the booklet was, I believe it falls in the same category that you have to have it within 90 days. However, let's say you go get an instrument rating that slip that gets signed off in your book, uh, from the examiner is normally valid for 60 days and they pushed out to 90 days. However, now it's essentially in that, like, it's valid forever until your label comes in. So there is a lot of leniency with that. You don't have to worry too much. I had my group one IFR actually submitted before I submitted my CPL and my CPL came in first. My group one IFR came in second and they came in about three to four months after it was completed. So it's pretty common right now for it to take a little bit longer. So that's normal. And they're just saying now that that is, that's okay. And you can still exercise the privileges with your license, even though that hasn't come in. Obviously, if you still meet your medical requirements, et cetera, right? Next is it allows the candidates for certain ratings and licenses to attempt the flight test without having first done the written. So that kind of goes the same with the CPL one, but it also goes now with your instrument. So, um, or any other ratings, there's other ones as well. So like the CFI, right? So you could take your, uh, group one, two, three, four, IFR, whatever it is without having the written done. I do believe you still have to get that done within a certain amount of time. I think it's actually up to two years. It's uh, quite a bit of time. However, you still have to have that done to have the license completely signed off and to ex exercise the privileges. However, you can get the flight test done beforehand, which is nice uh, because we all know now when, whether it comes to weather or flights, uh, training facility shutdowns or whatever the case may be, when you can get an exam, you want to be able to get it done, right? So uh, then it also goes on to here. It extends the validity as well of an applicant's written exam results up to an additional 10 months. So normally, depending on what it is, you might have 12 or 24 months that, uh, that the written test is valid for. Now that's being extended by an additional 10 months. Uh, that has to do with the shutdowns of some of the schools, depending on your regions. Uh, so these six exceptions will help candidates extend validities of examinations and flight tests. They will allow candidates to complete flight tests when an examination can't be written beforehand. They will also help a candidate write an examination with less experience than what's normally required for those that can complete ground schools but can't necessarily get the required flight time in due to COVID closures. So this uh, is all found on the copanational.org website. If you go to that right on the homepage, you can read this. They also have a, a document that you can download uh, the full NCR. You can click the link right there. So again, copanational.org, uh, you can find all this. Next thing I wanted to bring up, you know what? Everybody's been trying to figure out what to do right now to stay current. It's really important to stay current throughout these times. Obviously, if you're going to be putting yourself into any sort of risk uh, with COVID-19 or spreading COVID-19, that now is not the time to fly. If you have any symptoms, not the time to fly. Uh, however, if you own your own plane or you're part of a shared ownership, flying can be a very safe thing for you to do. And if you're not currently under stay-at-home order, even, you know what, here's my opinion, and don't take this as law, nothing that I say here you know, don't take it as gold. Take, you know, take it as just another piece of information. To me, even if you're in a stay-at-home order, we're in a stay-at-home order here in Ontario, and I f fully believe in abiding by that. I, I put my faith and trust in uh, 
you know, doctors and, and those who are specializing in that, just like I would expect them to trust me when I get into an airplane and I'm piloting them around and, and not tell them how they read a Google article uh, or a Facebook ad and, or, or whatever, a meme that told them how to fly a plane. And, and they hopped in Microsoft Flight Sim 2020 and they can tell you how to fly. No, I would not expect that out of them. Therefore, I wouldn't do the same to them. So we have to have some sort of respect and faith in, in the professionals. But I digress. I find it very important even during these stay-at-home orders to stay current because if you take this time off and you don't fly, and let's say, you know, it's been over a year now. So let's say you haven't flown in over a year and you go hop in an airplane. That can be very, very dangerous. But you're not breaking any rules. There's nothing wrong with you taking a year off of flying and then hopping in an airplane and exercise the privileges of a private pilot's license. However, it's potentially very, very dangerous. We're all different and we all retain memory or retain information differently. And anybody that's gone through their CFI training, you understand how uh, they teach you how the brain holds information and for what periods of time. So over the course of a year, you can lose a lot of information and something that could keep you very safe. So I I firmly believe that if you can, and if you can do it safely to get up flying now, what to do when you're out flying? Cause you used to just flying at the hundred dollar hamburger or the $300 hamburger, or depending on what you fly, the thousand dollar hamburger. Um, but some, some great ideas here. I don't know if the aero camping is going to be an option right now. However, there's some fantastic aerodromes that you can fly into, uh, not necessarily for for food, but for scenery. And if you're in the, we'll call it the southern Ontario area, I'm I'm north of Toronto. I'm in more the uh, Collingwood Airport, uh, Edenvale Airport area. There's some fantastic airports if you want to follow the Wasaga Beach line and the shoreline. You can, you know, Owen Sound unfortunately has got plagued with the landing fees that are a little too high to really warrant uh, landing there, unfortunately, right now. But you could land there. However, if you continue following the shoreline uh, to the north, you could get into to Tobamori. Tobamori is a fantastic airport. If you haven't landed there, I highly recommend it. It's uh, The code for it is Charlie November Romeo 4. A beautiful runway, runway 1230. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's about a 3,000 foot runway. Yeah, I've got it right here. 3180 is the runway length and the runway width is 60 feet. Airport's elevation 700 feet and it follows that Lion's Head coast. Uh, it's right along the shoreline. It's absolutely stunning. Now, if you want to take it a step further, you could fly out over Manitoulin Island. You can stay to the east side. You could kind of island hop, so to speak, and make your way to Killarney. Killarney is a beautiful spot. I haven't made it out to there. I wanted to do a Killarney camping trip when I went out that way. So I've, I've been kind of put on hold for the last year and a bit. But that's Charlie Papateng go to Killarney, Ontario. And yeah, there's camping. There's uh, supposedly a, a fantastic um, uh, food truck that's near there. That's not on site, but it's close. However, their runway is uh, 3,500 feet long, 75 feet wide. It's asphalt. Uh, you can fly in there at night. It's maintained year round. It's fantastic. Uh, they do have fuel on site. They don't have customs or anything like that. So if you'd have to be flying there within within Canada or have already hit a, a point of entry, 
However, uh, no real services on site, but it's a stunning fly-in. I don't know if you'll be able to go off to, uh, I believe it's called Herbert's. Um, if you can go into Herbert's and, and get some food, fantastic. If not, nonetheless, stunning airport to go into there. And then you can make your way around. If you're flying from the, the Collingwood area, you could make the loop. You could go out to Tobomori across uh, Manitoulin Island. Check out that. And also, if you're, if you're IFR... Sometimes you can get some good clouds and get some good actual time in there. So it's uh, it's worth going up north in the early mornings. Then you can make your way to Killarney and follow it down to the southeast, wrap around to uh, through Brit and through Perry Sound. Perry Sound's got a great airport in there too. That's uh, Charlie Papa Sierra One. And uh, then you can continue on. So that's the... Um, the Harbor seaplane base uh, is uh, Charlie Papa Sierra one. If you are flying not on floats, then you could go to Charlie November Kilo four, uh, which is a 4,000 foot runway, hundred, 150 foot wide. Uh, and they actually have, uh, two runways there. If I'm not mistaken, uh, let me just double check here before I, before I say any, before I say that to you. Um, oh, it looks like there's just one seventeen three five one seven three five. So yeah, there's lots of options. You continue that all the way around. You can stop in Muskoka if you want. If you've never been to Muskoka, it's kind of great right now with all the aircraft parked there. Uh, it's sad. It's grim because, you know, all these air um, aircraft are, are downed right now, but it's kind of cool if you're an av geek to go and check them out. They've got the Embraer 175s uh, and 45s there, if I'm not mistaken. So that's always neat. So anyways, check that out on Copa National website, Flying in Canada. They've got a lot of places to fly. Go out, get current, you know, shoot some approaches, guys. If, if you guys are instrument pilots, now's a great time to just go shoot some approaches. I'm going to go up with a friend of mine uh, shortly and we'll go and shoot some approaches. I want to teach him a little bit. He, he doesn't have an instrument rating. However, he can come up and be my safety pilot and also learn a couple things. Next thing we always like to go into here on the aviation podcast is how can we get better? And one of the the story that I, I saw here happened out in Winnipeg, uh, or sorry, Dryden, Ontario. Um, and it was with Bearskin Airlines. However, an interrupted checklist procedure contributed to a 2020 runway excursion in Dryden. Okay, so the investigation report is Alpha 20 Charlie 0016. If you would like to read that, that's from the Transportation Safety Board of Canada. And they found that an interruption while conducting checklist procedures and an incomplete checklist led to the February 2020 runway excursion involving an aircraft operated by Premier Aviation Limited at the Dryden Regional Airport in Ontario. One person sustained serious injuries. And that was a passenger. A current aircraft after coming to a stop. Oh, sorry, that was for the picture there. Okay, so on t- um, the 24th of February 2020, the Fairchild SA. 227 DC Metro 23 aircraft operated by Perimeter Aviation as Bearskin Airlines Flight 344 was conducting a flight from Dryden Regional Airport, Ontario to Sioux Lookout Airport, Ontario with two crew members and six passengers on board. 
At 16.10 local time, the aircraft commenced its takeoff roll. Directional control was lost, which caused the aircraft to exit the right side of the runway and come to rest approximately 18 meters off the side in about 46 centimeters of snow. The aircraft was substantially damaged. The flight crew and passengers egressed through the main cabin door. The investigation found that while crew... The crew was carrying out the before taxi checklist. The task of disengaging the propeller start locks uh, was initiated. However, it was interrupted and not completed. After the captain told the first officer to stand by, the crew's focus shifted to other tasks. It is likely that this slip of attention resulted in the engine power levers not being pulled over the flight idle gate to release the start locks. The before taxi checklist did not contain a task to ensure that the start locks had been released and as a result the crew began taxiing unaware that the propeller, the right propeller, start locks were still engaged. It was determined that during the takeoff roll the power was advanced through 20% but the positive torque call required by standard operating procedures was not made. The engine torque differential was not noticed by the crew. As a result, the power lever advancement continued, although the right engine thrust were made near zero. The engaged start locks prevented the right propeller from producing the required thrust, which resulted in significant thrust differential. With less thrust being generated by the right engine, the aircraft experienced a a loss of directional control and exited the runway. The injuries to the passenger resulted from a propeller blade fragments penetrating the cabin wall during impact with a frozen snowbank. Following the occurrence, perimeter aviation changes procedures and checklists to better ensure the propeller start locks are disengaged before taxiing and to raise awareness and understanding of the Metro Aircraft's propeller start lock system. The company has also enhanced training for less experienced flight crew members. This this article was found on CanadianAviationNews.com. And this this the biggest thing I wanted to go over with this and what intrigued me was that we can all become a little bit complacent sometimes when we do our checklists. And sometimes we resort back to memory. And I've heard some of our neighbors to the south and some of the schools are mandating memorization of checklists. To me, this seems like an awful idea. And everybody's got their own opinion on it. But there's certain things to commit to memory and there's certain things not to commit to memory. Emergency procedures, commit to memory. The last thing I want to do when I have a total engine failure is have to pull out my checklist immediately because I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do a cause check, right? I don't know how to initially just look, oh my gosh, mixture prop throttle. If you're in a, if you're in a constant speed prop, right? No FADEC, you know, oh, do I check the mixture right away? Oh, should I check to make sure my fuel tanks are on? Like those are things that should be committed to memory, but then you should verify it with the checklist. For me, especially on the ground items, there's no need to to be memorized and they should be going through a checklist. If you have an after check after takeoff checklist, like a 400 feet AGL checklist, you know, if if you're in a constant speed prop and you know you got to go, you know, bring your RPMs back down, fuel pump off, whatever. Okay, that's fine. But then you're rechecking that in your cruise check, right? So these pilots may have committed something to memory and they lapsed something. I was told, I was told, 
I think it was during my commercial check, right? Actually, and it stuck with me. If you ever want to memorize something, tell your wife because she'll remember it and you won't. There's no way. And it's so true. We're not going to remember it. And yes, okay, if you're a female pilot, maybe maybe you'll remember. You guys have better memory than than we do. But it's one of those things. There's so much going on in the cockpit. And anybody who's a pilot understands this, that even if you're flying a small Cessna 172, Diamond aircraft, whatever, there's a lot going on. And let's say it's a windy day. You, you may be pushed around, so on and so forth. The last thing that you need to be thinking about is, oh, did I memorize everything? What did I get? Oh, did I get everything right? Oh, I missed, uh, I missed this. Oh, it's easy to get distracted, especially when flying with, with friends. Anybody who's first got their private pilot's license, it's like that day when you think back, it's, you know, it's your 16th birthday, you go get your G1. And then six months later, because you did driver's ed or eight months later, whatever it is, you get your G2 and you slam all your friends into your car and you go for a drive. And and it seemed at the time completely fine. But now when you think back, you're like, wow, I had no experience driving. And I had all these people were blaring music, we're partying, like we're just having a good time and we're invincible. And the same thing happens and it can happen to a person that has 40 hours and got their pri- or 45 hours and got their private pilot or someone that has 4,000 hours. We can become complacent and we can be distracted by the smallest things. I know personally, I was distracted once that by a sound in the back, we took off, we we're on, or we were taking off, we we're on the takeoff rule, went full power and something in the back adjusted and made a kind of a clunk sound. Never heard it before, flown the plane a lot and didn't realize that, like I didn't recognize the sound. So instead of just throttling down and and leaving um, the runway and checking everything, I immediately looked backwards. And we're full throttle going down the runway and myself and my passenger who was also a pilot, are looking in the back. And it instantly dawned on me, like, what the heck am I doing? Fly the airplane. And luckily, we, we kept going straight. There was no issues. There was no accident. But it made, really made me think that it is so easy to get distracted. And my initial reaction at that time, even as a low-time pilot at the time, should have been throttle idle, brakes, get off the runway, see what happened. And then, and then if it was nothing, if it was just something readjusting, take off, go on, move on. But at first I thought, Oh, did I leave the back hatch open or something? And that banged off those, off the side of the hull of the fuselage. But again, we can all become susceptible to being distracted or complacency. So let's just take this as a learning opportunity that, you know what, let's not cheat out on our on our checklist. And I know for one, when I'm looking at a checklist, I can easily hold that checklist up, be rhyming off a few things, look down to whatever, set set a tank, check a light, whatever, and then lose my spot on the checklist. And my eyes go into like an oblivion and they don't can't focus on something. So. Find out what works for you. For me, I use my finger. My my finger goes down each line. Check it down each line. Or if you use ForeFlight and you, you do your checklist through that, actually hit check. Boom. Next one. 
It's highlighted. You did it? Check. Next one. And keep going through it that way. Whatever way works best for you, do it, but stick to it. So let's become better pilots at not letting ourselves become complacent, always trying to learn and trying to minimize any distractions. There's a reason why the airlines have a stale cockpit, stale cockpit or sterile cockpit until 10,000 feet. There's a lot going on and the focus needs to be on operating that aircraft. Not that it doesn't need to be above 10,000 feet, but the margin for air below 10,000 feet is, is so minor. It's so small that we can't let something happen. Next on the list, we've got air traffic control services to continue for Canadian communities. If you've been following this article, Nav Canada was doing a little pilot project to see if certain airports, uh, which was Fort McMurray, Prince George, BC, Regina, Saskatchewan, St. John, Quebec, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Whitehorse, and Windsor, uh, if they were seeing if they were needed, their services were needed there. They've been doing a little bit of cutting back uh, and re streamlining, let's say, their operations. So we know in in Toronto, uh, Buttonville Airport lost their lost their tower. So that was all part of uh, streamlining their services. As we know here in Canada, unlike the U.S., uh, our air traffic control is a private company, Nav Canada. Uh, and is not run by Transport Canada. They work together, they work in conjunction with each other, but they are two separate entities. So this article says, Nav Canada confirmed today, uh, April 15, 2021, that it will remain air traffic control service to Canadian communities, including Fort McMurray, Alberta, Prince George, BC, Regina, Saskatchewan, St. Jean, Quebec, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Whitehorse, and Windsor, Last fall, Nav Canada launched 29 aeronautical studies in, in an effort to safely streamline its operations, ensuring that air navigation services align with the market demand. After considerable con, uh, consultation with airlines, airports, industry associations, local officials, and internal stakeholders, Nav Canada has elected to limit changes to services across the country. Nav Canada is committing that there will be no site closures at air traffic control towers or flight service stations across the country. In addition, the company will suspend aeronautical studies currently underway related to remote or northern locations until further notice. Stakeholder engagement is at the heart of Nav Canada's aeronautical study process. The valuable input we have received indicates that a balanced approach is warranted as the industry navigates the ongoing pandemic. We are proactively taking these steps to maintain a constant level of service as the aviation industry and our many partners shift to focus the, to recovery, said Rob Bone, president and CEO. The aeronautical studies, which are still in progress, will consider the alternatives to safely streamline operations, including changes to hours of operation. Aeronautical studies that were related to hours of operation from the outset or are related to remote aerodrome advisory services will also continue, except for those pertaining to remote or northern locations. To enhance stakeholder awareness and input, Nav Canada will be undertaking a notice of proposal process that will afford stakeholders an additional opportunity to provide feedback on Nav Canada's specific recommendations. Nav Canada 
uh, remains unwavering in its commitment to safety and any changes to the delivery of our services will be the first and foremost evaluated in this context. The company will continue to provide air navigation services required to support the industry today and throughout recovery. And just if you don't know about Nav Canada, Nav Canada is a private non-for-profit company established in 1996 providing air traffic control, airport advisory services, weather briefing, and aeronautical information services for more than 18 million square kilometers of Canadian uh, domestic and international airspace. The company is internationally recognized for its safety record and technology innovation. Air traffic management systems developed by AFK Nav Canada are used by air navigation service providers in countries worldwide. So that's a nice little thing about Nav Canada. Uh, we're not going to have any more closures of any towers or uh, reallocation, let's call it. So that's good. I always hate to see towers closing and whatnot. That you know, there's a trickle down effect. You know, those the controllers in that area may lose their jobs. Uh, you know, hopefully they're re relocated. But if you're working in somewhere, let's say you're in Windsor. And now they're going to move you, let's say the opposite way, say to Kingston or somewhere out out east. That's a that's a huge a huge change, and relocating a family can be very difficult. So it's nice to see that they're not uprooting anything; they're changing everything, or they're leaving everything the same, and continue as per normal throughout the recovery of of aviation going into the the second half of 2021 and 2022 the last thing i want to talk about guys it's not really all that much because unfortunately i'm not there uh which i really wish i was i would love to be at sun and fun right now enjoying it in lakeland florida however there is no cross on the border and it's not the smartest thing for me to do right now so hopefully next year we can get the plane there and I'd love to meet each and every one of you at Sun and Fun. However, if any of you are there, please send me an email to the aviation podcast at gmail.com. Would love to hear about what's going on there. Excuse me. I would love to just uh, take a second here and tell you about a few of the things that are going on. There's lots of great events. But one in particular that I really want to see, I, I love going and seeing all the warbirds and things like that. However, I heard about a drone show that's going on tonight. Now, if you do listen to any other aviation podcast, there's one called the Stuck Mike Avcast, and they are currently doing a bunch of the media at Sun and Fun, running the Sun and Fun radio. I would highly suggest checking them out. There's a lot going on there, but they were talking about this drone show. There's 60 drones all programmed to do like a light show, kind of like a pseudo fireworks show. Anyways, I thought it sounded so cool. So I can't wait. I believe it's tonight or Saturday night, tomorrow night. However, I can't wait to see it online. I think it'd be super, super cool. I, I think I saw some, this company doing it in the past, but, uh, but oh, I'd love to see it in person. There's also some great things that, you know, the, the Blue Angels, I believe, are there this weekend. They always are. Um, there's a, a ton of different uh, small performance uh, performers that are going to be there. So if you can go to fly SNF, so fly Sierra November Foxtrot.org. Check out some of the media that's going on, the, the videos, the media gallery, everything. And let's all take a second and just appreciate aviation again. Like it's been a tough year for people and even tougher for some. 
aviation is one of the things that when I sit back and talk to my friends, I said, there's nothing like it. You talk to anybody who has a pilot's license and it's just, they light up. Nobody goes, ah, oh, yeah, I got that pilot's license. That kind of sucks. I'm, I'm glad I'm out of that. No, I was talking to somebody. So as you guys know, I'm a firefighter by, by trade. I was speaking to a chief the other day. Hasn't been in an airplane in a, in a small general aviation aircraft in 20 years, but he has his private license and he goes all the time. I'll take a drive by Buttonville airport and I'll see the small airplanes flying. And it just gives me that feeling in my gut that I just want to be up there again. And for whatever circumstance, he hasn't gone up. Maybe it's just the, you know, the insecurity of a feeling like you've lost all the knowledge or whatever the case may be. But you never lose that. And when you talk about that bug to anybody who has a pilot's license or is a, an aviation enthusiast, we know exactly what you're talking about. That bug that you would make terrible, terrible life decisions to just fly. You know, I, I consider myself, I always say when people ask me, uh, you know, what do you do? And, and I say, I, I like to fly. I said, I have this horrible addiction to flying. <laughs> it's a really unhealthy addiction. It takes all of my money, but uh, I love it. And I don't regret a second of it. Every flight that I go up, I love it. I love it. And I'm sure you all do too. If you're at the point where you listen to aviation podcasts when you are not flying or even when you are flying, You've got that bug. You've got that bug. And we all itch it in a different way. For me, it started with flight simulators and I would get that bug. Like My friends would make fun of me. They're like, why are you just flying around in an airplane like in a, on a video game? It seems so lame. I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's fun. It's amazing. It makes me happy. Like even just saying this, I'm smiling, right? And I'm watching this video in the background of, of sun and fun and they've got... You know, the um, the F-35, they've got a Pitts, they've got the Blue Angels, um, all doing different aerobatics things. And it just makes me happy. It makes me happy. And in a time where there's a lot of negativity, it relieves my stress. And before all of this, you know, with my job, it can be very stressful. But aviation has pushed that stress out. And it allows me to have an escape when I have a bad call or a bad day. I'm able to go up and let everything go. And every all of us have our own reasons for doing it. And it may be for a career. You may just like aviation because it's a great job. And hey, that's fantastic. But we all have something, a reason why we love it and why it's close to our heart. And it makes me sad that I can't be at Sun and Fun this year and and probably won't be at Oshkosh this year. 2021 is going to be kind of a write-off for me crossing the border. But I can't wait to be there. I can't wait for the London Air Show to come back. We all need to get together and talk shop. Just have fun and relax. Too many people I know have been really, really struggling throughout everything. And like I've said in the past, I don't really want to bring up the pandemic. But I know people are struggling and I see it now. I've been doing some some extra work in mass immunization clinics and I see some people that are really struggling. And I just wanted to put it out there, guys, besides aviation, besides everything, if you're ever struggling with whether it be anxiety, depression, stress, it doesn't have to be. Everyone thinks of this this 
everything from the neck up makes you an inferior man if you are dealing with something or you're suffering. And we want to break that stigma. And we started that with in, in my workforce. And our, our chief had a really great point. And I think this, this plays into everything is that if you were to hurt your arm or roll out of bed and hurt your back, would you go to a physiotherapist and get that fixed? Of course. Would you feel like an idiot doing it? Absolutely not. I would march in there and I would get it fixed. And I, I wouldn't think twice about it. So why is it any different when we're talking about our head and our brain? And during these times, we all suffer differently. The pandemic is really tough because it affects you differently than it affects me, than it affects the next person. For me, I, I've this whole time I've said, oh, I can't complain. I've never lost my job. I have security and not much has really changed. But then when you look back, you go, well, it has affected me different. When I go to work, I deal with a lot of stresses based on if I go into this person's house, am I going to get sick and bring that to my family? Or when I go into that house and I see someone that the only reason why we're there is because they're so afraid of what's going on. Or we go to somebody who is now terminally ill with cancer because they didn't want to go to the hospital because they were scared of getting COVID. So all of these things, it affects everybody differently. And some people lost their jobs, which then puts a stress because it, it hurts their family. And if you're a provider or the sole breadwinner of a family, like that's scary stuff. And ultimately that can really affect our head. So I just want to say without continuing on too much more, if anybody, anybody for whatever reason, whether it be to just needing to talk like, hey, I'm fine. And it doesn't always mean like you feel suicidal. That's that is one way that this can affect you. But you can just be upset. I've had days where or weeks where I just feel like crap. It's whatever it is, I'm stressed about whatever, what's happening that day. I feel like I'm letting my family down. I feel like I haven't made the right decisions in life, etc. Those are all ways that we deal with anxiety and, and different forms of depression. And it's normal and it's healthy. It's unhealthy when we don't take care of it, but it's very normal and healthy for us to feel stresses when things aren't going according to the way we planned it. So I just want to say, guys, if you ever feel like that and you ever feel yourself stressed out or depressed or anxious at any time, email me, theaviationpodcast at gmail.com. The link is in the bio. Click on it. Send me an email. It's attached to my hip. I'll get it right away. I'll call you. I'll do anything. And let's just talk. Let's chat. We could talk aviation. We could talk about what's going on in your life. Talk about how crappy the April weather is here in Southern Ontario. Or we can just talk about you. Talk about what you've done. We're all amazing in our own little ways. We're all, we all have our own characteristics and that's what makes us so unique and so individual. And that's the amazing thing about the human race. 
So I just want to let you know I'm here for you. The aviation community is here for you. We're all so supportive of each other. And let's keep that up. Let's build this community. Let's help each other out, pat each other on the back, give ourselves hugs. And let's continue growing. We'll all get through this. Everything will be better on the other side, I promise. We're not going to stay in mass for the rest of our life. I promise. You know, we'll get through this. Let's do it together. And as always... Stay safe, have fun, and keep current, guys. Let's go. All right? Take care, and we'll catch you next week on the Aviation Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Episode 7. I hate to end it on a little bit of a somber note, but it's life, guys. It's life. Let's come together. Let's work together. Let's build a good family. See you later next week. Aviation Podcast. Take care. Take care.